Hello students, Professor Crunch here. Welcome to part three of the RPG Academy's trial of the Orpheus Protocol. The Orpheus Protocol is one of my very favorite games and podcasts. Please follow the links in the show notes below and check them both out. Before we start today's show, please be advised of a very serious mature content warning. This is not a normal RPG Academy show, but it is a normal Orpheus Protocol show. The game contains brutal violence, adult language, intense horror, and emotional trauma. It also contains potentially offensive topics such as self-mutilation, suicide, demonic possession, child abuse, sacrificial murder, and many other disturbing situations. Please consider yourself warned. But as a special treat, this game is canon to the current Orpheus storyline. Please enjoy, we definitely did. Let me now turn things over to game creator and Orpheus Protocol GM, Rob Stith. Last time on Group 13. Samson, Conrad, and Dacian discover that the crucified man was sent from the village of Imboka as a taunting message from the evil entity residing there. The man's skin is carved with a disturbing fable, depicting a story of fertility and betrayal. Samson heals the man with the power of his faith, and Conrad speaks with the spirits of ancient farmers who watch over this land. The spirits suggest that four entities have taken up residence in Imboka, and that the well at the town center is a focus of something dark. When the three agents arrive in Imboka, they're held at gunpoint by a terrified villager who's been coerced into trying to keep intruders away to assure his family's safety. Conrad talks the man down, and the agents investigate the town center. There, they discover the site of a horrific ritual slaughter. It is determined that the ritual was an occult offering to the concepts of male and female fertility and to the equinox seasons of spring and autumn. Samson finds a corpse rotting in the town well, a corpse that seems disturbingly seductive and more alive than it should be. Pulled into a hypnotic reverie by the presence of this dark being, Samson is woken by Dacian, a split second before being ripped downward into the darkness of the well. Alright, Samson, I will need you to roll against horror as this awful thing happens to you. You fall down the well with this thing wrapping itself around you and... You just keep falling. You must have hit the water by now, but it just feels like you just keep descending deeper and deeper into the dark, and this thing's hands and its mouth are all over you, and there is this cloying scent of decaying sweetness that nearly knocks you unconscious. I have a one on the die, and... I'm going with cognition with my discipline skills. That gives me a four. Oh, buddy. That is a loss of ten sanity as this unnatural being violates you in body and spirit. I believe my guardian angel will help me a little bit. That's true. Okay, so then I am pretty much out of spiritual strain, too. But I will spend my two remaining spiritual strain to reduce that further by four. Spending the two gives me four... I'm preventing six of it, so I'm taking four damage. Mm-hmm. Yay! Conrad, you see this awful corpse that is waterlogged and decayed and yet somehow still suggestive of vitality 
clamber out over the lip of the well, grab Samson and yank him back in. But before you can even cross the small distance that takes you to the well from where you stand, Dacian goes rigid as his body is racked with pain. His claws and fangs rip free of his human guise. His ears grow long and pointed. His eyes blaze yellow and hair sprouts all over his body as he assumes his more feral werewolf form and dives into the well after them. Samson, you somehow manage to keep hold of your faculties. You feel the strong urge to let go. There is a sickeningly sweet smell and taste suffusing you as you're pulled down further and further, and it fills you with a strange, warm, half-drunken numbness that tempts you towards sleep. But the part of you that knows that that would be death keeps control. And this dark vortex of water and seemingly infinite distance through which you're being pulled is suddenly stained red with blood that is entirely too fresh and hot against your skin than could be accounted for by a corpse. And you can see briefly in flashes Dacian in his full fury tearing into the creature that is attacking you. Conrad, what do you do up at the surface? All you hear is splashing and screaming and howling and deep snarls. I'm going to rush over to the well. Obviously, like, I was startled when Dacian just went full werewolf and charged in, but I kind of shook my head, and I, I rush over to the well, and I peer down, and I just try to get an idea of what's going on. It's like looking down into the top of a running blender. Do I see anything I can grab onto? Can I even reach down that far? Certainly not. It's a pretty deep well, but they draw water on buckets, so there are... There are buckets and ropes oh, good. within easy reach. So I'm going to just look around, grab the first bucket on rope I can do, and I'm just going to close my eyes and just start lowering it and just hope for the best here. Samson, I would like you to make an endurance check to see both how well you hold your breath and how well you resist the effects of the fluid that you're breathing during the time between now and when you have something to grab onto. The fates are with me. I have a two on the die. That gives me a four. And hey, here's the strain I haven't spent yet. Since <laughs> I have a rank two, I'm going to spend one to take that to a five. Over the course of the next handful of hammering panicky heartbeats... You take three points of physical damage, though two of them are preventable by physical strain, if you wish. Although my guardian angel prevents four. And yes, through nothing but the grace of God, you are saved from the negative effects of being in this environment. And as though through a divine intervention, you find a rope brushing the back of one of your hands. You can't really see what's going on. It's a maelstrom. So I grasp onto the rope with all the strength I have remaining and try to bodily haul myself out of this chaos surging around me. I am panic-stricken from the pain and the horror, the fear of what I saw, 
and I'm not really sure of what's happening, but I know Dacian is here fighting, and at the back of my head, I am dealing with the fact that once again, my better in combat is coming to my aid. And speaking of Dacian, do you attempt to communicate with him, to reach out to him, or do you leave him? As I haul myself on the rope, am I able to lift myself, or is the rope being moved for me? One assumes Conrad is going to be helping haul you up. Perhaps even assisted by the spirit of a strong laborer who died in this region, who would have no trouble whatsoever in such a task. So I see myself as Samson is lifted a few feet away from the fight. He would shout down for his friend, but he is so overwhelmed. His voice croaks out over the pain. He can't even form the words of Dacian's name. So he's just kind of shouting into the noise of the fight. But he knows he can't do anything at this point. I'm assuming there's no clear shot I could take. Oh, no. No. It's hard to even tell which way's up. You just have a vague sense based on the way that the rope is pulling you. But I do know I was physically grabbed. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. I at least would have the presence of mind that while there is certainly something spiritual that we are fighting with, there is a physical foe in front of me. My military training says if there's no clear shot and an ally in the way, I need to get out of the way. So I will once again stand back and hope for survival. Conrad, with a mighty effort, you lift Samson out of the well. He crashes to the ground next to the well, sodden and smeared all over with blood-stringed honey. And I'm, I'm sobbing. Shaking, disoriented, and you realize that you can hear Samson's sobs because the well itself has gone silent. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab him by the front of the shirt. Samson, where's Dacian? What's going on? I don't, I don't even know. <coughs> I don't know. He's in the well. All right, so I'm going to drop him. I'm going to grab the bucket. I'm going to throw it back down there. Dacian, grab the bucket. Samson's fine. He's up here. I would like you to roll a presence check in order to reach your friend because there is more distance and stranger distance than a mere well that separates you right now. I've got three on the die. Oof. Hey! So that puts me at six automatically. I have a presence of four. I'm not going to spend any spiritual strain. I'm probably lucky that I'm getting the roll I've got. You throw the bucket down, and there is an interminable moment of waiting. But then you feel a light tug on the rope as a weight settles onto it, and it's pulled taut. I'm going to start pulling. All right, I would like a might check. And if Samson can get his shit together, he can try to assist. Samson will get his shit together, but he won't help with the rope. He's going to draw his pistol and aim it at the top of the well. Okay. And by top of the well, I mean the surface of the well where whatever we're pulling up would break. You got it. When we pull it up. You had referenced the idea that I might be pulling upon the skill of a strong farmhand when I was pulling Samson up. Would I still be under that effect? 
yeah, if you wanted to use possession to gain that. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be pulling up on. Of course, my vitality is only a two. Yeah, if you want to take a five, you'd get three temporary strain in might that you could use, which would be very helpful. I'm even on the dice. I'm going to use that strain, obviously. At rank five, you can both add three with temporary strain and replace your die roll with a plus two. Yes, I'm going to do that. Which is very, very strong. I will go with that option then. You'll end in a seven, which is enormous. With a Herculean effort, you draw forth Dacian from the well. His fur is matted to his body with blood and honey. He is breathing, but you see that there, as his large feral body crashes to the ground, you see that more of the thick honey and chunks of wax are oozing out of his nose and mouth, and he's weakly coughing more than he is breathing in any healthy way. All right, so I'll kneel down to him. Dacian, my friend, just rest. Samson. His eyes are very, very dilated. Samson, do you have any of that healing magic of yours or whatever you did to that man in the jeep? So seeing Dacian come up instead of the figure as he was fearing, he will lower the gun, still keep it out and ready, though. Move over. God willing, I do. Give me a second. Gotta try to focus. And I will attempt to use my faith healing. And I have no spiritual strain to spend, but I at least heal him for one point. Yeah. And when you get closer to him, you can see that stuck to his fur with this honey are various clumps of hair and scraps of rotten flesh. But you lay your hands upon him and call upon the power that you're connected to. And his body spasms as he vomits out a great quantity of honey and wax. And he begins to breathe more clearly as his form diminishes and shifts back into that of a human. His eyes are still incredibly dilated and he seems completely unresponsive. But his vital signs, such as you can assess with no equipment, seem steady. So that spirit that was possessing me has left me at this point. So I'm going to kind of be panting. I'm going to look up the Samson. Help me pull him away from the well. I hope whatever he was fighting down there is done for, but I don't want to be pulled back in. Samson nods and... We each get an arm under Dacian's shoulder and drag him back as far as we can. Sure. Samson, you notice as you pull Dacian across the square, at the strange four-part altar, the beehives have begun to crumple and slough and turn into mold and slime. But the other three elements of the altar remain the same? Mm Mm-hmm. Can I make... The logical connection in my weakened and stressed out state that the danger we just faced was directly connected to that part of the altar. Yeah, you certainly can. Now, you don't really have a method of proving beyond a doubt that that's true, but that's a reasonable deduction to make, a reasonable theory to work on. Yeah. (sighs) 
So we get Dacian a good ways away from the well, but not next to where this altar was. So he's kind of just off in the square. Mm -hmm. Seeing that, I look down at Dacian, I look over at the well, there's this moment where I'm connecting everything together. I'm gripping my pistol, I'm, I'm getting angry. More because I feel so helpless in this moment, and I, with purpose and anger, I stride back to these bodies, to this altar of decay and defilement and just unholy energy. And I start kicking the shit out of it. Not the bodies, but the four mounds, well, the three remaining mounds of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to disrupt the ritual because I'm operating the sense that right now this is a, a ritualistic connection. So if I can destroy part of it, I may weaken it or scatter it or change something in our favor, or make it worse. <laughs> so you do this thing. You just violently destroy the arrangement of these objects. And, I mean, it just it feels hollow next to what's happened to your friend. You're just kicking things around. You begin to blow off steam in this way, and you start feeling kind of awkward and ashamed about it. Your feeling of helplessness is not assuaged. You're just kicking stuff around. The things that happened still happened. And the power behind what happened is still there. At least part of it. Because you're kicking this stuff around, and it's not rotting or turning to ash or vanishing. You're just spreading objects around a circle. So while he's doing this, I'm just kind of sitting on the ground, splayed. I've just got Dacian laying next to me, and I'm just saying, You'll be fine, my friend. You'll be fine. I kind of look up and I see Samson doing this. I don't even have the energy to tell him to stop, whether I think it's working or not. I'm just kind of being wary because I've seen this type of stuff before and I feel like it's not over. Conrad, you see a couple of windows having their shutters opened cautiously, just a crack, and little slashes of light spilling out over the square from the illumination inside the homes. And shortly, you can hear doors being pushed open and you see that there are a few townsfolk cautiously approaching you so i'll stand up abruptly and kind of eyeball the people approaching the one who seems to be if not in charge the one with the courage to talk to you a middle-aged man broad-shouldered a bit bent from too much hard work addresses you in spanish and asks is it dead the thing in the well i think that it is our friend here appeared to have done quite the number on it, and its altar seems to have fallen from pristineness. He sort of rubs at his chin. Your friend is, um, is sick now from the well. There have been many in the village who, who fell ill in that way before we knew what we were drawing our water from. Yes, I'm afraid he is, and I, I do not know what to do for him. If you wish it... We can take him to the home of the widow Fernandez. Uh, she has had some success in treating this illness that has struck us, though I am sure that none have been exposed to it quite in the way that he has. So I'd like to make, I believe it would be an empathy check. Yes, it would. To, I want to try to suss out, I mean, for all I know, this could be a trick. I'll go with charisma. A minus two on the die. Oof. And I'm too tired to spend strain. 
I have a one. All right. I'm ready to believe this guy can help because... Yeah, you're pretty sure from the way that he's talking and like the way he's approaching you and the way that the other villagers are looking at you that they were intimidated into their homes. They were terrified to leave. They were being hurt by these forces as well. And you can think of no reason they would not offer aid to their saviors, to their rescuers. And at this point, I'm just praying that something good comes from this. As far as I can tell, they seem to be on the up and up to me. Samson, as you come out of your fugue of impotent rage, you see Conrad conversing with some townsfolk who have come out of their homes. They seem to be speaking Spanish, and they seem to be talking about Dacian from their body language. So I will stand and go over, wait for a pause in the conversation, and ask Conrad what's going on. These people are here to help Dacian. They know something of what afflicts him from the well. I think we should trust them and send Dacian with them. <sighs> All right. If they can help him, if you trust them, that's fine. Did they know of any other areas like the well that have some sort of haunting or affliction there's these three other points of the altar can, can they tell us of three other points of danger in the village something else going on we can try to investigate so i'll go ahead and relay samson's questions and you are told that the well was not infected possessed inhabited by this being this entity until after those altars were set up and after the bodies were butchered in the square by farmhands from the Estrada estate. It was one of the largest farms in the area and the most successful. Then we're going there. So these things were laid here by folks from a farm nearby, Estrada Farm, I believe. Let me see if I can get any sort of readings off of them, get a better idea of what we're dealing with. So I'll go over there and I'll use uh, psychometry on... The altars very tentatively stealing myself because sometimes when you touch stuff like this it does not go well for you you're taken out of your body as images and impressions flood your awareness you do see farmhands carting in both the bodies underneath a tarp and these altars you can see their fear they are haunted looking and terrified and anxious as they go about putting everything in its proper place and you can tell that throughout this process they are terrified and then you're pulled even further back through the impression of these altars these ritual objects to an image or memory of santiago estrada hunched over a desk in his study, laboring over charts and occult formulae, seemingly planning this. And you can see his desperation and his fear as he labors to bring horrors into the world. As always, it's disorienting, changing your perspective so rapidly, and you find yourself a bit lightheaded and suddenly inhabiting your own time and space again. Ugh. Samson, there's, there's something at work here driving these people. Even Estrada, he seems to be fearful. It almost seems as if he did not want to do any of this himself, but he certainly had a hand in planning it. I think the villagers were absolutely correct steering us towards that farm. It is certainly our next destination. All right. Let's go. We don't have time. 
This was supposed to be a fact-finding mission, and that has gone straight to hell. We are straightening this out. It is going to get done. Let's get back to the Jeep. As a matter of fact, unless you miss your guess, though the spirit that lived in that well is gone, the central core of the energy that animates all of this horribleness is still alive and well. And it may be that there just isn't clean or safe water in the village anymore. So, frankly, you couldn't be less interested in calling the Vatican and waiting for approval to do something. This community needs a lot of help right now. Then I'm walking to the Jeep. Let's go. You just uh, help them get him onto a makeshift litter, and he is carried off toward the home of the widow that they mentioned. Do we have a way of contacting Simon? Yes, as anachronistic as it feels, you have burner phones that you can speak to him with. Because as much as you are monks, or at least the guests of monks, and agents of the church, you are also highly trained and valued operatives doing extrajudicial missions for the, for various churches. Mm-hmm. Samson would not think to do that. He is very focused right now, so... Conrad will very much think of doing that. One of his motivations is for men will be lovers of self, and he's getting pretty fearful for his own safety at this point in time, and any kind of assistance Simon can provide would be uh, very beneficial. Not to mention, he wants to let Simon know where Dacian is, because as much as he seems to trust these villagers, we have a man down, and Simon needs to know about Mm -hmm. it. I pull up my phone and call Simon. He answers. Hello? Simon, I don't have a lot of time. Things are bad. We we have gone far beyond a mere fact-finding mission here. We are right in the midst of evil. Dacian is already down. He had an encounter with one of the entities that we're up against, and though I believe he defeated it and helped save Samson, he's he's hurt something fierce. Yes, ma'am. We're in the village now. They're, they're taking care of him. And he he asks you some clarifying questions and makes sure that he understands where he's being taken so that he can try to come collect him as soon as he can task some people with that. And I I impart to him what I saw through my psychometry. Mm -hmm. As much detail as I can about some of the occult stuff and everything like that I saw to see if he has any kind of advice for what we might be dealing with, what we might need to be prepared for. His voice sounds grave. He confirms with you the situation with the sickness in the village, the state of the well water, and what happened with the altar, and confirms the suspicions that you've already shared with Samson that trying to do things through the proper channels would get a whole lot of people killed. Because there just isn't time. And he says, Sadly, all that I can recommend to you is to put your faith in the fact that you are... Quite literally on the side of the angels. I do not believe that you and Samson are meant to be defeated by this evil. I believe you are meant instead to be tested by it. And my faith is in you, Conrad. You and Samson. Well, I never was very strong with tests, my friend. But we will do what we can. If for nothing else, little revenge on the part of Dacian. I sure hope my friend is well taken care of. Vengeance, you know, belongs to God. But we of Group 13 are in many ways the fist of God. So I ask that you strike true. I approve 
and get off the phone and kind of level a stare at Samson. We're rushing headlong in, my friend. That's where we need to be. We need to be between this and the rest of the world. All right. So you guys pile into the jeep and head off in the direction you know to lead to the Estrada farm. Who's driving? That would be me. Your headlights cut a lonesome cone of light out of the oppressive darkness that you only get in rural parts of the world. As you go down winding roads through vineyards and farmland, attempting to reach the large manor-like house at the center of the Estrada estate. And a small animal darts out into the road in the path of your vehicle. It's so quick, you don't even get a real good look at it. I don't know how Conrad's instincts are as a driver. When something like this happens, do you hit the brakes? Do you swerve? What is his natural reaction to a sudden reflex decision like that? How small of an animal are we talking about here? Cat-sized-ish? To be perfectly honest... Conrad grew up in the south. There's a lot of small animals that dart across roads. It's true. It's more dangerous to swerve, slam on brakes, than it is to just keep on keeping on. In that case, the tires bump over the small body of this creature, and then you see several more coming out into the road. And at this point, you're going to have to do something. And you see that maybe it's the fact that there's a bunch of dust in the wind from the road and like your headlights are just (sighs) such a contrast to the surrounding darkness but what you took initially to be maybe cats or hell maybe even chinchillas in this part of the world uh these aren't normal animals many of them don't have the right number of limbs many of them seem to have heads that are on upside down or on the wrong parts of their bodies. And as the strangeness of this sight, the impossible grotesquery, hits you, you realize that you were distracted enough that you've run over a whole bunch of them, and they're beginning to drift up around the wheels of your jeep, making forward progress nearly impossible. I need both of you to roll against horror as this ungodly swarm of mangled living obscenity mounts up around you. Conrad has two on the die, puts him at a six. And Samson has a four. You were both successful. And in fact, this counts as repeated exposure to the same source of horror. It's the same unnatural vitality, the same animating force. And so the two of you both lose three sanity, preventable by strain, and Samson would be losing just one. Well, I'm going to take it because I have no spiritual strain. It's not the best position to be in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I understand. I think my spiritual strain right now is at, what, a 13? So I still have quite a bit. Oh, yeah. You're doing way better than Samson is right now. I will spend enough to take no damage because I believe my sanity is currently... I have taken two sanity. Take me down to 11. Spiritual. Your Jeep is effectively being stopped from moving forward. These things are squirming their little mangled bodies into the wheel well and just physically choking the forward motion of the vehicle, heedless of their own bodily destruction in the process. So what do you guys do? There is a undulating, living carpet 
of it's it's like somebody just took the contents of a barnyard and a puppy mill and some kind of sausage factory and just mixed it all up together and somehow all of it is alive and yet despite there being hundreds and hundreds of strange living creatures and their movements their unnatural unbalanced shambling suggests that they must be in enormous pain simply existing they are all completely silent is there any clear point in the road ahead of us is this like water finding the lowest point in a valley and if we can just get past it we'd be fine it seems directed it's concentrated around the jeep these things were sent out to do what they're doing does the jeep have a spare can of gas it does i just rolled luck for you so samson has not put his pistol away this entire time so i'm going to look back at the can of gas look over at conrad well we might be able to blow our way through this make it concentrate on the front of the vehicle i don't really want to drive into a fireball but sure what direction are these animals coming from from directly ahead of us from the left from the right both sides of the road they had been hiding in underbrush and in crops and had all converged to take down the jeep they had uh been somehow directed not to be in the road until they could close the trap around you right thinking somewhat tactically if i try this foolhardy attempt maybe off to our right and that blows up hole we can then swerve through that and speed up the road ahead of us okay that's my only thought right now i will need a hybrid check between athletics and demolitions (laughs) to rig this crap up put it in the right place and ignite it safely without blowing yourself up in the process so a hybrid check is where you take the lowest of those two skills and the lowest of the associated attributes. In this case, however, both are dexterity. Well, I have athletics. And I assume that you have no demolition skill, so you're stuck at a zero skill, so you can spend only one strain on the check. Yep. I will be following up immediately with a drive check. That is exactly what I need from you, yes. Well, I have an okay roll, but it won't be great. I'm currently looking at one on the die. So that would put me at a four, but I also have a two. So you can spend strain to bump that up. Yeah, I'm going to end up spending three physical strain. Okay. So Samson rigs up this gas can, essentially with a burning rag or something so that eventually it will ignite, throws it into a very well-selected spot, and shoots the thing full of holes such that the fumes from the escaping gas hit the burning rag and the whole thing goes up. The creatures scatter instinctually away from the flames. The whole jeep is rocking and bumping as these things slither and wriggle their crippled way out of the wheel wells, crawling over each other and damaging each other's bodies in their mad rush to escape from the fire. And Conrad perfectly maneuvers the vehicle to avoid getting entangled in the creatures again and avoid the spreading flames as you make a hasty escape from that situation. I need awareness checks from both of you as you speed your way up towards the farmhouse. So I'm just going to have spirit guardians going. 
Yes, and uh, I assume that Samson has a five awareness and thus would be at Vigilance three. Yep. So yes, you're both adding three based on strain or abilities. So I have a negative two on the die. That would give me a four total. Okay. And I have a positive one on the die. So that would make it a six. All right, Conrad. You see in the maze field to the left of the car as you drive a progressive wave of motion where the stalks are being displaced and shaken and knocked away as though a large something were rushing through the field at about the same speed as your vehicle. But you catch this motion in time to process it for the briefest of split seconds before something huge bursts out from the rows of crops and smashes into the side of the jeep with a shuddering impact. But because you braced for it mentally, I am allowing you to make a drive check to steady the vehicle and not go into a full spin or roll. That's a minus two on the die. Oh, <laughs> I knew my run of good luck was going to run out eventually. Uh, so that naturally has me at a one for dexterity. Drive, I can only boost up three. Mm, I think I'm just going to let it stand. Bye, Conrad. We're, we're dead. Both of you roll endurance with vitality. <laughs> As the jeep begins to fishtail and then buck over the edge of a ditch and go into a roll. Well, there's a good roll. <laughs> Well, how good is your roll? Because mine's probably the opposite. <laughs> I got two on the die, which puts me at a four for vitality. And I got negative two on the die, which puts me at a zero for vitality. Nice. I don't uh, have endurance anywhere. No, that's a non-combat skill, so you'd be able to spend one physical if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Something tells me having a five as a result rather than a four might make a big difference. Man, I, I can't think even spending a two would help me out at a zero, so... Conrad, through dumb luck, a miracle, you don't know. You actually only receive a minor scuff on your forehead where it friction burned itself along the roll cage of the Jeep. However, Samson is thrown free of the vehicle. Oh, Lord. For the second time... This hour, you have no idea what way is up, and the world is spinning. But this time, there's no mystical haze. There's no sense of dissociation and unnatural horror to it. It's all very visceral and very real. You sail through several rows of maze on which side of the road you would have no idea, and take ten points of physical damage. Your guardian angel would reduce that to six, and you are free to spend strain to mitigate more of the damage if you wish. I will spend three and take three. Okay. There is a deep, dry, rasping sound and thunderous hoofbeats approaching. Both of you roll initiative. Oh, man. Conrad, you're still in the driver's seat. Samson, you don't actually know where you are. Nope, but I'm probably dead. So I have an initiative eight. Nice. And I have a negative one on the die, so that is a six initiative for me. All right, Conrad. Somehow the Jeep ended up landing on its wheels, although it is very beat up. And 
you can see you're actually across a ditch from the road, but you're into a fallow field, and you can see in your headlights a decrepit, decayed, withered, and yet monstrously oversized bull charging towards the vehicle yet again. It has rotted, exposed muscle and bits of skeleton showing through, but for all that is moving as though it is unthinkably strong. And part of the back of your mind thinks that the gate is wrong. It's not... Like, bulls generally, you know, have four hooves. Not just two in the back and big muscular hands in the front, but you don't have time to worry about that right now. You need to do something, and it's your turn first. Um, I'm getting the hell out of this Jeep. I'm essentially throwing off the belt buckle, and I'm going to climb over the windshield and jump off the hood and get out of the Jeep. Okay, and so are you putting yourself between the charging bull and the Jeep, or the Jeep between you and the charging bull, or some other arrangement? I am doing neither of those two options. I assume the bull is attempting to broadside it again. Uh, It seems to be coming straight for the headlights. Oh, well then that would change things. I'm getting out whatever side is easiest to get out of for me and distancing myself away from the Jeep, hoping that that is its ultimate target. I will rule that as a minor movement just to get out of the Jeep. You get the seatbelt free and, you know, your heart's in your throat. This thing's coming closer and closer. And you jump out, gain your feet, and take a few running steps perpendicular to the vehicle. And there is the horrible crunching crash of this beast plowing into the front of the vehicle. And it is Samson's go. You are dusting yourself off in a now partially damaged maze field. And somehow you're not just dead. Somehow you're not just pulverized from what happened. And you hear this enormous impact across the way. So I get up, shake my head. I'm dazed, but I'm alive. Can I see this thing that is hitting the Jeep from where I am? Across the street, you see the headlights interrupted by this festering bulk and And you see the entire mass of light projected by the headlights thrown skyward as this thing wedges its horns beneath the bumper of the Jeep at speed and throws the entire vehicle over onto its back. Are the horns stuck in the Jeep or it just used it to flip it? It used it as a lever. But the body of the Jeep is still immediately in front of it. Yes, just oriented the other way now. So you're saying I can see the gas tank. Ah, Yes, I suppose you can. (laughs) 